Once again, a little more rad years, and uh, it's a big week this week, Squeezer, and we all know why. Um, it's a week to avoid social media because last night, uh, Monday night, we we're recording yeah. this Tuesday night, the twenty-fourth, mm-hmm. if my math is correct, mm-hmm. which it rarely is. Uh, last night was the premiere of Avenger of it. <laughs> How English do I? Avengers Infinity War, which is a mouthful. And um, I guess the Russo brothers who directed this movie and um, directed uh, one of my favorites, Winter Soldier and Civil War, said, please, 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 please stay off social media because you do not want this movie to get spoiled. Welcome to my world. Yeah. I mean, it's awesome. Trust me. It feels so good. It's kind of like going camping. It's not hard to stay off social media. I just see Todd Zalecki's updates on the Phillies come through on, on my Twitter. That's the only alert yeah. I have set. I have him and uh, Zombie Sailor Toy set as alert. So that's all I, you know, I need. Uh, and then I just go on to Enchantress's Facebook and see her posts. And I know she's not going to spoil it because we're seeing it together Thursday night. Uh, but... Uh, are you excited? You're seeing it. You're gonna try it on Friday. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna try to go Friday since I'll already be up that way, and I don't have uh, none of the theaters around me. Uh, can I have? A, I can uh, have the seat picking. Uh, the yeah. assigned seating. Yes. Wow. How do I English? Um, so so for me, it's worth me waiting a whole day rather than me wait in line and also like sit next to people. I, I don't. I liked having that extra. Extra padding on the armrest, knowing that well, I don't have to touch a stranger. Well, normally, Squeeze, um, normally, uh, I, uh, Enchantress and I will go, I mean, around here in the Northeast, and especially Pennsylvania, they put a red robin next to every movie theater, literally. Mm-hmm. I'm not joking. You know this. It's true. Yes. Uh, so we go into red robin and have a few drinks beforehand, and of course, the Tillman 8, our theater, that uh, theater I've been going to since a kid, has a bar in it, and I'll get a drink or two there. Because, you know, so I don't mind movies that I'm like just in, going to for enjoyment, getting up and taking a, a, a quick restroom break. But mm-hmm. for Infinity Not- War, it's three hours, and I need to see every second of that three hours. Yeah. You're just going to be, like, just chomping down sunflower seeds and packing peanuts. <laughs> just anything to suck up as much moisture as you can. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to... Gonna swallow a couple of those uh, decadent, decadent. What are those called? (laughs) Desiccant. Desiccant bags. Yeah. Yeah, that's healthy, right? I'm pretty sure you're gonna miss Infinity War if you do that. (laughs) Oh boy. Uh, So yeah, that's fun. So uh, well, in honor of that, we are uh, talking everything retro Marvel today. But first, uh, there's a little news, uh, and it's about something we've talked about in the past. Should I roll the clip first? Uh, yeah. Go ahead. Here it is. Well, place of Berks County history is up for sale. The operators of Roadside America are ready to move on, and they hope to find someone who wants to preserve the miniature village. Oh, no. Ooh, ooh. 
Me. I do. Do you? I do. All right. Well, let's so, uh, cash in our look. 401ks. Or what? <laughs> What's that? I'll cash in my 401k. I'm sorry. Yeah, I've. Uh, I'll just stop writing the government big checks every year, and I'll afford it eventually. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'll send a little IOU. Just a little note. Hey guys, I plan on buying a miniature village. I'll pay you back when I can. Yeah. So. Yeah. So I know we don't we don't ask you know the listeners that are rad years for much. Just you know. Listen to the show, rate it, you know, check it out. Oh, are we going to start a GoFundMe? Nice like, but like an, an unofficial one on the show where people just send us money to buy Roads on America? If you guys just are floating around $2.2 million. Right. We don't want like a five here or a dollar here. We yeah, want the yes. full 2.2 if you have it. You've seen how bad we are at math. Right. I'm not so, going to be able to add all that shit up. Yeah. And if more than one of you want to do it, that's awesome too. And if you send me a bunch of ones and fives, I'm going to spend them in the claw machines. Like, I, I can't help myself. <laughs> uh, yeah, so the guy selling it, um, or not the guy selling it, but the, what's the person? The realtor. Yes. <laughs> so they're really, it's not like there's like, it's like a money grab per se. I mean, I mean, it is. Uh, it's a generational thing, I guess. The kids don't want it after all these years. No one wants to run it. But the people selling it, I, I think it's the granddaughter now or great niece. Um, they want to keep it as is. So they're, they're looking to sell it to someone that will, you know, preserve it and carry on. Right. And, you know, so other families, you know, you know, over generations can... Uh, can get to check it out because it really is it's just kind of it it's on it's as americana as kitsch as you possibly can find um right. and but the, and because it isn't an area that they would love to level yeah to and, put in a warehouse for dog food <laughs> which is actually across the street right yeah well it, i mean there's always room for a second warehouse for dog food yes um but i mean it's even listed it's in it's in the book, 1,000 Places to See in the U.S. and Canada Before You Die. And Canada. And do you know how many places there's there a, are in Canada that you should see before you die? to see in Canada, yeah. Um, pretty much, well, yeah, I guess it's everything but Nova Scotia, you know? <laughs> What's wrong with Nova Scotia? That's, um, that's all their cities, I, I looked it up because I wanted to make fun of Canada. That's where they film Trailer Park Boys. Yeah, there's and there, yeah. Well, it's, it's perfect for it. I, I looked up like worst places to go in Canada, and it's a top ten list. And I think nine of them were all cities in Nova Scotia. <laughs> well, I guess that's why they filmed Trailer Park Boys. <laughs> yes. Which, if you're listening in Nova Scotia, which you're not, because you need the internet to hear us, uh, I apologize. <laughs> Here it's beautiful though. No, sure, I believe it. Uh. Anyway, I'm it's only you know how we bitch about like what winter is here, and, like in like February, how miserable it is. Right. Uh, imagine that, but you're doing it in August. Oh, that's not true. Nah, I'm sure it is. It it won't saying this on the internet. Oh well, I mean, if it's on the internet, it must be true. Yeah. <clears throat> anyway, I got a little piece of news that I don't have a clip for, but you know how I always talk about weird junk food on this show. Yes. Well, a while back, uh, Oreos, and of course they put out like a new flavor every week and to commemorate every holiday. And I love that about Oreo. 
Uh, not mm-hmm. only did they have, uh, you know, pumpkin spice and then your tip, your Halloween Oreos that we'd be getting such a kid. Yeah, since we are kids, which are like the, the classic Oreos with orange colored regular stuffing, but there's like three times as much stuffing in frosting. Okay, you get those Halloween. Then you get your uh, candy cane ones, uh, your fudge dipped ones, and your red stuffed Christmas ones for Christmas. Then, mm-hmm. you know, you got your motherfucking cinnamon heart Valentine's Day ones for Valentine's Day. Then you got your Peeps ones for Easter, and now we got summer flavors coming out. And this year, for my Oreo creation, we've got cherry cola Oreos. That's the chocolate cookie flavor, and it's got popping candy mixed into the cherry cola flavored cream. Oh, Jesus Christ. And kettle corn for the vanilla flavored Oreos um, hmm. with puffed millet pieces in the cream. You know what? That's what's missing from my candy and cookies. More millet. <laughs> what is a millet? <laughs> I don't know. Explain it to me. I'm, I'm assuming it's like a little chunky thing. Is, is that like someone the... who's bad at stats? Yes. I believe it's also chunky. Uh, millet. millet. Let's Google uh, millet. Uh, looks like it's uh, a group of highly variable ah. small seeded grasses. Grown around the world as cereal crops or grains for fodder and human food. <laughs> See, eventually we're going to get rid of this, and the human will be the fodder. Wow. And we'll just go soiling green on ourselves. So, like, buckwheat or barley or... Yeah. Yeah. This is definitely, you know, that's what's missing when I have a nice, chewy, or I prefer, you know, a little crunchy chocolate chip cookie. I look at my mom. I'm like, did you make these? And she's like, yes, dear. I made them just for you. I'm like, more millet. (laughs) Okay. So, you know the Oreo Thin Brands? That's an oxymoron. <laughs> well, yeah. So they're like thin, really thin, lower calorie versions of Oreo cookies. Mm-hmm. So in the vanilla version, they have a pina colada Oreo thin, <clears throat> which is obviously oh. your coconut cream and, and uh, pineapple. Uh, so yeah, that, pina coladas for ices, and that's about it. Right. Yeah. Those are delicious ices. Uh, but yeah, and or at the hibachi grill if you're feeling extra fancy. Mm. But that—that's I'm. I gotta try those cherry cola Oreos, man. That that's does sound kind of good. I can go without the pop rocks, though. No, see, I love pop rocks, so I I like having it on the tongue. Uh, so yeah, that's all I got. Uh, let's get into the meat of the show, and I believe you're going first. So you want to kick it off right away? You got any preamble, or should I just go right into it? Um. Well, you know, we we really when I look at my list, it has nothing to do with uh. Infinity War, anyway. Like it's all this. Is, it's a Marvel show, but Marvel was a very broad. You know, it's a big company. They made a lot of comics. Yeah, I, I and, kind of stuck to um, your core Marvel. You really went off the grid, which I like. I appreciate. Uh, no core Marvel. Well, see, I ended up like I was a big mutant guy. You know, that was more mutant than you know Cap see, this, and Thor is, and all those. Guys. This is where we differentiate. My mm-hmm. introduction to Marvel was a one friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. Yours was the X-Men. So, yeah, I was big and like uncanny and like the like like when when the cartoon hit, I'm like, oh my god, this is everything I've ever wanted. See, for me, you it know? was 1988 Todd McFarlane Spider-Man run. Mm-hmm. Well, so yeah, they have all their heroes, but I think they have. 
you know they've comic they did comics for for everything you know they had the 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 star uh star comics was one of their uh what, what's that thing called imprint imprint yeah there we go you know and they did weird stuff like heathcliff and fraggle rock and uh you know like muppet babies but they also had this particular i don't would i say king emperor of all 80s nostalgia I'm going to go see a musical. Musicals are dumb. Out of the blue, people burst into song. <laughs> Hence the term musical. Yeah, but wouldn't it get on your nerves if all of a sudden I started singing, Hey, Kate, ain't it great? Hey, Willie, you look silly. Hey, I got my nerves. You know what I mean? What's this stinker called? Cats. <laughs> Take me, please. Afterwards, we'll go backstage and eat the actors. I never felt more connected to Alf than I do right now at this moment. <laughs> you For know eating how, on musicals? Well, yeah, you know how I feel about fucking musicals. Oh, yeah, I feel the same way. Because it, it's, he's right. It's bullshit. No one just breaks in the song right. in real life. It just, it just slows the plot down. Yes. Even though I do break in the song on a regular basis. <laughs> you do. Um, you're, you're, you're a whimsical boy. Yes, and mainly because my voice is so god-awful and I'm so out of key, I'm just taking pleasure in the misery of others. Well, you are handsome and adorable, so it makes up for it. Um, But Marvel uh, produced an ALF comic from 87 to 91. And uh, 50 50 episodes, 50 uh, uh, issues, and then they had some specials in there too. And it started... Under the Star imprint, which ran from 84 to 88. And then once they folded Star, they moved all their other, all those comics just under the Marvel banner. Um, it, pretty much anything that was like a license for a cartoon was under Star, with mm-hmm. two exceptions. Can, do you know those two exceptions? Uh, Transformers and Transformers? Mask. What's that? And G.I. Joe, I mean. G.I. Joe. And G.I. Joe, yeah. yeah. Yeah, like they're two big, big hitters. I believe know, Mask, was Mask also out of that? M-A-S-K. Uh, under imprint or under star? Yeah, I mean, out of it. I think a mask was also with Transformers and G.I. Joe, but mask might have came uh, along later, That then they were already done with that. Yeah, no, mask was not under star. Master's Universe was, and Star Wars, all those and stuff like that. Yeah, mask, um, um, you just see they, they, uh, they hired John Singleton to adapt mask as a movie. Yeah, that's really just bump, bouncing around back and forth, uh, but it seems like it might seems like it might actually happen now. No, yeah, I'm in, I'm into it. I'd love to see it. Yeah. I think it might it'll happen more than a, a, a gambit movie. Yeah, well, if, well, let's pause for a minute. Uh, like uh, literally, you got to do something. No, or? no, I, I want to talk about a movie that I thought might never get made because it was in turnaround and development hell for years. Uh, the trailer for Venom, I fucking loved it. I don't care what anyone says. That oh, that was awesome. Eddie Brock. Eddie Brock's supposed to be a, a big motherfucker. So there was some cheesy lines of dialogue. So fucking what? That's what comic books have. That hey, wait w- until I get to my last pick, okay? <laughs> that was Venom. And when he said, yeah, we are Venom, and like having the Dude. dialogue with himself, I was like, okay, I'm, in, I'm sold. Yeah. The back and forth was awesome between yeah. them. And you couldn't have picked a better actor to do it. And yeah. you no, know it's funny. I just watched uh, a trailer for... Oh, what the hell is that movie that's coming out in like June where he puts the microchip in it and it kind of takes over his body? What? <laughs> yeah. 
it's basically venom, but instead of the, you know, the virus, it's a computer chip that does it. And it kind of has like a little bit of humor to it. I, Who's in it? I don't know. The fuck are you talking but, about? Well, it's the same, like, same idea. Like, there's a thing inside this guy, and it gives him, like, special powers that he can't control it, and it's like a two-in-one split personality kind of thing. Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. Sure. The Incredibles 2. No. Upgrade? Upgrade, yeah, that's it. Uh, So I just looked up movies coming out in June 2018. (laughs) Um, It kind of got that that same sense, but this looks just so much more not. I have not heard of this movie. It stars people. Uh, I saw it. It was I've never heard of either until I clicked on one of those. uh, I was trying to punch Saddam in the face while he was bouncing back and forth across my screen on the internet. Oh, and then that changed and became something else, and then I ended up watching that. Um, where are we going? Oh, Venom. Yeah, no, it looks awesome, and he looks like Venom. He does. He does look like like Venom. He looked great, and the um. It wasn't like a, a, it didn't look like someone was wearing a suit, you know, or they didn't. Well, try to I, I mean, Venom cool. is made for CGI because yeah. it, his description is just goopy. So like that fits CGI to a T. Uh, I didn't see any Woody Harrelson in the trailer, though, which I like. I don't don't, yeah, give we don't need to away. see everything. But the, the look, uh, the we are Venom oh, was really dope, uh, and and yeah. then the fighting like only oh, we can only attack bad guys and fight, arguing with it. I'm I'm just ex- I'm just excited that we might see after uh, the disgrace of Topher Grace, the fall from Grace, pun intended, of Venom on film. What, we, what are you talking about? You you didn't see Spider Man three? I don't I. Not anymore. I don't recognize it in my head canon. <laughs> okay. Uh, continue on. We we kind of got off the no, uh, got off the rails there. But, uh, but uh, that was can, my fault. can they go back though? So they they make him like the antihero now because that, that's what they're they're kind of going with. But can you go back and then make him more of a straight up villain for like a sequel? Well, I mean, if you know McFarlane's original Venom run, he was always an antihero. And it yeah. was it was his bravado and his like jealousy of Spider Man that made him more villain than hero. So that's easy to do. You know, he could come out of this movie looking like a hero, and then get je- go go back home and see Spider Man and get jealous, and and that's what drives the original Venom in the comics to yeah uh, becoming a villain. And but he still like he he still skirts the line between hero and mm-hmm. villain, and that could create you know. Man, you know, classic storytelling, man versus man and man versus himself. In, in Which the, none of this happens if it's not for this ad that I'm looking at right at the top of my screen, which is Deadpool. <laughs> what do you mean? If Deadpool wasn't. Oh, the R rated, the R rated. Right, 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 right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, this is going to be R rated, too. That's cool, too. Um, and it could work. It could work. Uh, apparently, and these are blurred lines, and we're really getting off topic, but we are talking Marvel. Um, so Marvel says, the, uh, in Kevin Faggy specifically, that this Venom movie is not connected to the MCU. Meanwhile, Tom Holland's Spider-Man is connected to the MCU, but he's also owned by Sony, and Sony could do whatever they want with him. So mm-hmm. Sony technically could do a movie 
with this Venom. I, I don't know. I, I think that if the movie's a hit, they play nice and they might think about adding him. Mm-hmm. Especially because you've got Tom Hardy. Why the fuck wouldn't you want Tom Hardy villain in your Spider-Man movie? Uh, he was Bane in a Batman movie. Like, here you go. Uh, second, um, you know, if, if Sony wants to do it, you, you don't, you'd rather get done right under Kevin Faggy's watch than just fucked up royally. But we'll see. I, I guess yeah. we'll, time will tell him this one. But more about Alf Comics. What, what, right. what in your mind? See, for me, they, they skewed more towards the Alf Adventures cartoon than they did the t- television show. Well, it, it, the, a lot of it they did. Like he was there with like Willie and, and Kate, like in the house, and then they were. He would use the occasionally use the what if machine, um, which would project a potential different future or past or present, so that it was kind of like a, a a tool to go off the rails and tell whatever story he wanted. Right. So like in, in my my particular issue I have right here in my hand, uh, issue number. 24 which you can get for one dollar um ronda's back and it's all about the what if machine he uh what if uh ronda ended up moving in with the tanners as well so then both alf and ronda are living are living with the tanners yeah so it kind of like mixed the mixed the two that the alf adventures and um uh the show yeah and then there's another one that's a little less off the wall where um, Alf ends up cooking Thanksgiving dinner and, you know, hilarity in, ensues, but they're funny. Like they actually like, cause I can like, as I'm reading it, like I, you know, I hear his voice and I even like have the laugh track in my head and there's just some funny lines. There's a Pete Rose reference in here. Uh, and it looks pretty cool. Like it, it, the art's pretty cool. It looks almost like a, uh, like a Jughead or something, you know, along those lines. But you get a long story for a do- two long stories for a dollar. And now, in hindsight, like twenty five, twenty wait, twenty eight years later, the advertising is well worth it. Like what I pay? I think I paid fifty cents for this at RetroCon. But I'm I'm paging through it, and I love the ads even more than anything because there's the Star Trek. Uh, oh yeah, the, old comic book ads are uh, worth the, I, worth I'm, the price of admission. I'm, I spent more time looking at the ads, the 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 Final Frontier limited collector edition uh, figures. Uh, the Hop Shop from Nestle Quick is in here, and then there's a big ad, uh, full big two pager for NBC's Saturday morning characters oh the lineup yeah the lineup yeah. so you got camp candy there's alf you got a little ralph macchio in there alvin and chipmunks captain n and some smurfs um what a time to be alive oh uh, it was it was awesome but well yeah, um you can you can easily go and find these it's they're one of those things where you, when you go to any con convention show or yard sale and you start digging through bins of comics that you know no one wants right there's gonna be alf ones in there and just 
for 50 cents or even a buck or something, grab a couple. Yeah. I'm actually kind of funny. I'm also into all the obscure comics. Like, I mean, you're never going to like sell these at a yard sale for, uh, you're never going to, this, this, you're not buying your retirement fund here, but you're buying, you're buying a, a little dip in the time machine that takes your wipe right back into, um, uh, a time, a better time when in the NBC more Saturday morning lineup actually made you want to get up early, unlike school did. Uh, so yeah, great pick, Squeeze. Let's uh, let's chalk oh, that up. If, if I may, may also suggest um, towards the end of the run, they knew they were getting canceled, and a la Arrested Development, they didn't take it well. Okay. So towards the end, once you start getting to like issue like 44 and 45 and they're on, they start taking shots at Marvel. Oh, really? Yeah. So like issue 44, some some of the covers are pretty cool too. It's like there's X-Mel men. So it's like Alpha is like all the X-Men and it's the cover of like an uncanny X-Men. And then there's another one with Alf and he's laying there uh, reading on the floor and there's posters behind him like pictures of you have wolverine punisher x-men and captain america and i don't know if it was like a just a marketing thing where people see that but then there's just a little bubble and i was like relax they're just posters (laughs) um because i guess they were starting to get upset that they were using referencing marvel at all uh and then towards the end there's like the one with a newspaper front like a, a front page about alf's days are numbered the second last is Alf opening door and the Grim Reaper is standing there. And then the last one is Alf with a big picture of Alf with canceled over it. And uh, Alf standing there looking up at it saying, ha, they kill me. Uh, <laughs> which I, I want to hunt those down just for to have just those covers. Just cause oh, it's that pretty- Alf. Uh, all right, let's move on. Uh, my first pick is. I got claws. I can use them. Who said that? Mutants must rule. Did you see that? Optic blast fire. They all said that. They all talk. Introducing Marvel, talking superheroes, and X-Men. This is my... And it sounds too. Three separate voice sound activators let you control what they say. Die, Spider-Man. And do. I want to eat your brain. Spider-Sense tingling. Marvel, talking superheroes, and X-Men. Each sold separately from Toy Biz. So when I was on YouTube looking for commercials to use uh, for this, I found I found this talking one, and I was like, "All right, I could u- I this is one I could use." And I, I stopped searching when I saw the first comment underneath it. So that I, w- I want to eat your brain, Spider Man, was <laughs> Venom, and then the fir- the one and only comment underneath it was, "To be fair, I want to eat some Spider Man brains too." <laughs> So you got, I had to pick it. Uh, so do you, rem- obviously we all remember the Marvel uh, X-Men line, which was huge, huge with us. Mm-hmm. I was a huge fan of the Marvel heroes line, the Marvel, uh, you know, the, all the other action figures outside of X-Men. Mm-hmm. You had obviously Cap, you had Spider-Man. I mean, um, Every single person, every single character you can think of, I'm just going to find uh, 
get, give you a rundown of who they had here. Um, it, it was just, it, I, I think I got you a few of the Punishers. Did I know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, there was uh, Punisher, Deathlock, uh, Daredevil, the Hulk, Doc Ock, Doctor Doom, Silver Surfer. I know they made a Black Widow one. Right now, I mean, if you want to know what these look like, Hasbro has that retro Marvel action figures of Wolverine, uh, Spider-Man, Black Widow, etc. Um, those are done in the style of these old Toy Biz uh, action figures because uh, Marvel and Toy Biz wound up merging and were the same companies. So <laughs> Marvel owned the rights to that design and they were able to give it to Hasbro to use. Uh, but there's so many cool Marvel figures and they would advertise them on the back of the X-Men figures. Uh, so, you you know, you, the, the, old, the back of old action figure cards were like the coolest thing to have back in the day. Mm-hmm. You'd keep the, the back of your uh, figure cards, correct? Oh, yeah, absolutely. No, I would keep the whole... I used to, you know, at first I used to cut them out, like cut out the... Uh, like the profiles and bios and stuff, but then I just started keeping the whole cards just because I can, like, dream that one day, oh, I can have that entire set. Right, yeah, absolutely. You always dreamed. And I always wanted the whole Fantastic Four set, you know, because uh, I, I, I read a lot of the Fantastic Four. I always wanted, um, and I finally got the Venom that, like, squirted the black goo. That's freaking great. There was, like, two or three different Daredevils. Um <laughs> There was an Iron Man that had like Tony's iron armor that came off. That was really cool. And Tony Stark looked like he was a child molester in the figure. Um, <laughs> do you remember that? Yeah. Yeah. There was there was uh, a lot of cool cool. He figures. looks like he looks like he sh- with that mustache. He looks like he should be one of like the visionaries. Oh yeah. <laughs> so uh, then they put out the Marvel Training Center, which is just a giant toy biz piece of trash. But that playset that Toy Biz did so well, mm-hmm. uh, they did a they did like a, a Incredible Hulk rage cage that he would explode out of. They did like a Captain America car. There was tons to this line, and yeah, the Captain America card was car was weird. Yeah, like, it was, it was this like white armored car that had a shield battering ram that like pushed out of the top, and it was like a mm-hmm. coupe. Um, I don't know what the fuck they were thinking, but, uh, uh, it feels like that was one of those, like they had a design for something for whatever came up. Oh yeah. Like, it was okay, definitely, we'll just paint the shield on right, it. Yeah. Repaint. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure it was. Sure. It was, uh, there was just so many cool figures in the line. Um, and you know, I, I didn't have them all. They were harder to get. They weren't as like all over stores as they were the the spider-man ones so like the venom and the spider-man you'd see them everywhere but to find uh the rest of them was a little harder because quite frankly the x-men line dominated so you'd see like yeah you'd see the spider-man silver surfer uh and the fantastic four ones out there and um then the rest of the shelf would be covered in in uh uh, x-men toys so finding like the u.s agent and the daredevils and the thors were just a little harder than the rest of the line mm-hmm. 
But yeah. No, yeah, I was I was I was like I said, I was an X Men kid, so I had I had a ton of the X Men figures. Um but yeah, very few of the rest of the Marvel ones. Of course I had like Venom uh and a Punisher. Yeah, I think that's but, why I'm so excited for this Venom movie. Venom was the coolest fucking villain and like and, and character. Yeah. Uh, like we've talked about the, the uh, Maximum Carnage. The Carnage storyline was just so great. It, like putting Spidey and Venom together to stop Carnage and him being a hero and then playing him as him in the video game. He was just like Venom was just so cool. I I loved reading him in books and uh, Eddie Brock's character, even even Eddie Brock in the animated the ninety four animated series. So yeah, that's the that's my take on the Marvel superheroes toy biz line. I like uh, the Punisher wearing Gambit's jacket with his full weapon <laughs> arsenal. He comes with like seven guns. That that version, right? There's a mm-hmm. there's a cap one too, isn't there? Yeah. Uh, that one actually might be down on the set. Oh yeah. Uh, I can't reach the. Hang on. Let me get my other one. Yeah, that's the one I. The I got you the the full weapon arsenal one. He had the trench coat, and I think the cat firing one. Oh, I'm back. That's good podcasting. That's, Hang on. I was talking. Now I can hear you. Oh. Uh yeah, I got right now. Uh, the one with Gambit's jackets on the set. This is the the cap firing Punisher. Yeah, he comes he comes with four guns. Four guns, yeah. Um, and the the molding on the face is to be desired. Uh, but fortunately, unlike other things that we may talk about down the road, he uh he does have a skull on his shirt. Believe it or not, it's a good thing to have if you're going to make a Punisher. Usually, put the skull on. I'm in, I'm, um, I'm interested to see since in the version of Venom, uh, he doesn't the the symbiote's not on Spider Man first. Mm-hmm. If they're going to put the white spider on Venom's chest, well, there and some of the shot I, I looked at it uh, when I was watching it, and you do see a little bit of like white veinage. See, I couldn't I couldn't tell. Like like and the, when he like transforms at the towards the end there, you could see a little bit like on his shoulder. Okay. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know if they'll go full logo, you know? Yeah. It'd be interesting. To... Well, uh, let's move on. Um, your sec, we're only on your second pick and we're like three hours, Zoom in. three hours in the show. Now you can find the uncanny X-Men and their enemies on high C drink boxes. They're perfect if you love super powered mutants. Or happen to be one. Also, X-Men Hero Caps and Comic in specially marked packages. Go buy sugary juice, kids. Yeah, when they re-released uh, High C Ecto Cooler, they weren't even, because of current laws and advertising, they weren't even allowed to put a cartoon Slimer on it. Yeah. In this case, you got uh, a three-pack of Pogs, and on the, or, and you can um, get a comic book, Okay. Um, which I had as well. And I must have drank a lot of high C because I had all these pogs. I had the comic book and then I kept and collected all the boxes because, you know, like they would with the Fleer Ultra cards and they would have like profiles. On yeah. Them. The high C boxes, of course, on the back would have profiles. So I would keep and collect all those because I was, 
I just I love that kind of stuff. Um, but yeah, they um, you can get the hero caps. There is uh, 24. So they came. Let's see here. They they came. You could actually just mail away and get like the full sheet of them, and they would punch out. Uh, which would kind of like ruin a lot of yeah, the artwork right. because you know uh, you're cutting a circle out of a square, so there's going to be some stuff left over. Uh, or it came if you got them in the packs, you got the a strip of three, and they would uh, combine together like they would the um, what, what were those things called when you have like the nine card combo for the Fleerulcha? Just talked about this like two weeks ago. Well, uh, no, it's it's inconsequential. Move on. Yeah. Okay. Um. But yeah. So you had some cool um. Like scenes that they had built up. Like they had a a, a very early like uh, original X Men uh strip with like three in it. So everyone's in like the original gear and even like Beast is like old school Beast. Um. Then they had a couple like villain ones with like Juggernaut and you had a Sentinel. Um. And then some of them, you had like Mr. Sinister, Mojo. Uh, there's a Cable Gambit and Jubilee one. You got like Bishop. And then, oh, you got uh, Cyclops and Jean Grey uh, embracing on one. But some these were just really cool looking. Uh, and like just the amount of detail. And um, like I, now I wish I could have just like those full sheets. Like back then, it's like, oh, I can't wait to pop these out. And then I'm pretty sure I kept the like before I purged, but uh, kept the original, like, punch cards that they came into. So, like, I could put them back if I wanted to. Hmm. Uh, but yeah. the, you could go out and buy, you know, Pogs. They they sold, like, Marvel, you know, and X-Men Pogs. Right, uh, they came I, in, I didn't want to go that route. They came in the blister packs with the Slammer at the bottom of it, right? The yes. gold Slammer. Yep. I remember they were on sale at KB Toy Store next to, and I bought one of these. The X-Men phone cards. Remember phone cards? <laughs> yeah. So you'd be a number, and you could either use it to could get your minutes, or you could use it to call an X-Men sort of 900 number, uh, which would just eat up your minutes and play the theme song, and have the various X-Men would talk to you. Uh, I thought it was pretty cool. Yes, I did buy an X-Men phone card. Yeah. Um, but again, same problem with the phone card and with the blister packs. That did not come with juice. Or a sugary substance that would be, uh, you know, marketed as juice. I think my it fa- contained it contained 10% fruit juice. I think my favorite pogs that I ever bought and I collected were they put out a Batman Nightfall series, uh, the Skybox Skycap ones. Mm-hmm. They were their branded pogs. Remember Skycaps? Yes. And you said scenes from the knife. I was so obsessed with the Nightfall books, uh, like, which we talked about. Oh, yeah. I remember what these look like. And remember those, like, those long containers that you kept your pogs in? Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's like I had a special one for my Nightfall skycaps. Uh, oh, so you had, like, one of, one of the little sm- slightly smaller ones, like, particularly for a, a few, because yeah, then you'd you, also have, like, the tubes. You could, yeah, that's, it, this was a tube one. It was a tube, and it could hold about 30. And, um, oh, okay. But, I mean, there are the ones that can hold, like, 100, like, massive. They came with, like, shoulder straps, you oh, know, in case no, you're going, no, like, no, your no, pog no. tournament. I never had that many. These were, like, you buy them in little packs, and sometimes mm-hmm. you get a slammer or not, and um, 
they sold them at the the, the thing at KB. You just go up and you get them. And uh, uh, those I, those are I, I just remember buying those in particular. Oh, you know what? I might I definitely had a a few of these. Those are the ones I collected. I also had Power Ranger ones mm-hmm. from McDonald's. Oh, with the with the cool. It looked like it was the, like the belt buckle. Yeah, the morphin, the, the morphin, the coin. morphin. Yeah, thing. yeah. I, I remember having those. Apparently, those are rather rare. Oh, really? Uh, yeah. I, I came across uh, some info saying that those were rare. So when we which, always thought our pogs would be worth money, it was those those ones. Well, I mean, by rare for pog, I mean they're probably worth about three dollars, but it's three dollars for a little disc of paper isn't that bad. No. I mean, the the little piece of paper that I have in my wallet that says one on it is worth less than that. So, um, all right, let's move on to. I I think it's my next pick. Finally, yeah, it's your turn. Hulk smash! So I, I chose a Hulk clip. Uh, you know, I've spoken many times on this show about my love. One of my favorite writers, not just comic book writers, but one of my favorite writers uh, is Jeff Loeb, uh, who's now the head of Marvel Television. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, he, when he, uh, he works with uh, Tim Sale, the artist Tim Sale, in my opinion, uh, they're work is just the best of they bring out the best of each other because for comic books a great artist will bring out the best in and a writer and a good writer will bring out i'm sorry a great writer will bring out the best in a in, in an artist and these two were paired together at dc for the batman halloween books and later going on to make batman a long halloween which is in my opinion the definitive uh harvey dent story uh and then eventually they went on to do stuff at Marvel. And of course, Jeff Loeb worked with Jim Lee too. They did Batman hush and he, you know, he, he's done. He's, he, he was the guy who uh, was behind a lot of the stuff in civil war and age of apocalypse, uh, which was too great age of apocalypse in 95 when they broke oh, up all those X-Men epic. books and made all those and, and rogue and um, gambit had their own book. Then uh, to me, that was like, like fucking amazing. I remember I still have those books bagged and boarded Damn. my collection. Uh, but I'm talking specifically his work with Marvel with the color books, uh, Spider-Man blue, Hulk gray, daredevil yellow. And then he went on to do captain America white. Uh, they're just such good shit. My favorite Spider-Man blue. Um, you could get these all in digital on Comixology, I think on on Kindle and iBooks. Uh, I would suggest it. He uh, in Spider Man Blue, he's recounting the death of Gwen Stacy uh, from Amazing Spider Man forty through forty eight and number sixty three, and uh, he's basically telling like. Uh, stories like it's Valentine's Day and um, you know he's just he's just sad about he just reminisces he's with he's with 
I don't want to spoil it. He's with Mary Jane and he's still sad about Gwen and it's just so well told. And then Hulk Gray is um, about Banner's life post Gamma Bomb and um, being the Hulk. And, but it's more of like how he's still fragile and his, even though he's the most unstoppable being ever, how he's still fragile and his life and his heart could still be like broken by Betty Ross. And, um, I have, I never, I didn't read Captain America white yet, but I have the books, the first run of them. And, um, and then there's daredevil yellow, which I haven't read yet, but I would like to, uh, those, those books, but Spider-Man blue specifically in Hulk gray. Uh, I know they were early two thousands. They came out fantastic stuff. And, and Tim sale does a really good job of capturing this like timeless, early Marvel era of art that they use in the books. Uh, I don't know if you've read any of these. No, I have not. Uh, but yeah, check them out. They're, they're great. Uh, uh, I mean, the dare, the daredevil stuff probably will never compare to, uh, uh, Frank Miller's the man without fear, Mm -hmm. but I'm sure it's, I'm sure it's a book. Now, hold on, Daredevil Yellow. Let's see if I can get a synopsis for us. Uh, oh, oh, yeah, it's just the same as the other one. So it's a, a retelling of the early career of The Man Without Fear. Um, and uh, it's the result is a heartwarming and heartbreaking story of two young people in love, uh, Matthew Aww. Murdoch and Karen Page. It's, it's, that's what all of these are about. They're all... I, I'd rather go with... Uh, Frank Miller's Born Again, where Karen Page is addicted to drugs. <laughs> but this is a sweet tale. They're very sweet. And Jeff Loeb is just a fucking fantastic writer. A Superman for All Seasons might be my favorite Superman story. Have you ever read Superman for All Seasons? Uh, I think so, yeah. Uh, it's, it's very much Clark Kent and Jonathan Kent, and it's just fucking great storytelling. It's, it's just a great... And Jeff Loeb's wrote, written movies like he wrote Commando and Teen Wolf. <laughs> so give it up for Jeff Loeb, man. Great dude. Head of Marvel Television. Uh, if you get a chance, read Batman Hush. Read, read and just take in the artwork of all his stuff with Tim Sale. Of course, Long Halloween, his, his Batman Halloween specials he did before that. And then these color books, they just do a great job. So big up to Jeff Loeb. I just wanted to give a shout out. Nice talking marvel i can't talk marvel without jeff Lowe, one of my favorites uh and now i don't even know what this one is so i'm ready to be surprised hear the sound razor sharp adamantium claws make when they extract their revenge The game, so separately. Oh. Huh. The games so, on Nintendo suck shit. How are the Genesis ones? Um, well, this game was fucking brutal as hell. Like, it's considered one of the hardest games on Genesis, and Genesis had some pretty damn hard games. 
Um, and so this came out in 93, which was a year after uh, X-Men Arcade came out. It's a platformer. It's not, it's not a beat-em-up like that. It's a, a platformer where you are you can play as either Gambit, uh, Cyclops, Wolverine, or Nightcrawler. And then you could also call in um, uh, Rogue and Storm and Iceman and I think uh, oh yeah, Archangel for like special attacks. Kind of. So, like, they were there, but you couldn't actually control them. Right. And, like, so the story is you're in the danger room, and there's a virus, and now all of a sudden they flip the switch, and the danger room is trying to kill you. And it turns out it's Magneto, blah, blah, blah. Uh, spoilers. Um, but, game yeah, you spoilers. just got to fight your... What's that? Game spoilers. Yeah, game spoilers. You got to fight your way through it and, you know, save yourself and stop Magneto. Um, the problem with the game is they really didn't care where they would just drop bad guys and like place some platforming things. So it was really difficult and really overwhelming. Um, and me as a kid, I could never, I don't think I ever got past, uh, like the first couple levels or the first level period. Um, I actually have it. You didn't even try to Game Genie this motherfucker? I, I might have. Um, no, I don't think I did. But I got it right here in front of me. I'll open up the instruction booklet. <laughs> Let's see. Flipping through. Oh, by the way, there's an advertisement for a game on the back of... No, you didn't have a, you didn't have a, a Genesis. So you I might did, uh, but it. late, and we only had it for Sega Channel. Okay, okay. Um, there was one particular game that was on the back of every single one of these damn books. What's that? Can you guess what it is? Uh, Toe Jam and Earl. Close. Echo to Damn Dolphin. Oh, I was close, yeah. Everywhere. It's on every single one of them. Uh, There's a, a good story um, about the creation of Echo the Dolphin in uh, the book Console Wars by our good friend, Blake J. Harris. Uh, if you haven't read the book yet and you want to know the story behind Echo the Dolphin and how the fuck that game ever <laughs> came to see the light, pick up a copy of Console Wars. It's available on the Amazon Kindle store, uh, Amazon to get on hardcover, Barnes and Nobles, wherever books or eBooks are sold. Or just go to your local library. I'm sure they have it there. Uh, um. I only played Echo at the Orthodontist. Like they had one of those cool little setups with like the Genesis. yeah right Orthodontist. My sister's Orthodontist had that too. What what? what oh, it was probably the same one, Doctor Ty or Fry or whatever the fuck. Oh uh, yeah, yeah it was. Yeah, uh. it was actually my my sister, but I would always want to go. Yeah, I didn't go to the. I went with Genesis. just to play Genesis. Yeah, we <laughs> we were probably there like waiting behind each other. We didn't even realize it because our sisters like, are the same fucking age, right? Uh, yeah, roughly. Yeah, so we were probably there, like, waiting for each other to finish playing. Because I wouldn't, like, get behind you and wait. I would, like, hide in the corner and wait for someone to okay. be finished. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you were probably... What, what's this pudgy little fuck doing playing my game? You're like, who's that twig uh, with his head stuck in the electric door? <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Um, damn, yeah, that's, wow. Look at the shit that we learn. Everyone's learning about us as we learn about us. Secret origins. Secret origins. But, um, so tell so yeah, me more about this shitty X-Men like game. Lands in this damn game. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, you would fight your way through, and then he- here's the beauty of this, and this is why I really wanted to talk about, um, talk about this game, other than the fact that I have it sitting right in front of me, and until I get a Genesis that works right now, um, I'm supposed to trade Dave for one. Um, David. David. You're retired uh, now. Yeah, I know, but that's why I don't think he wants to, he needs two Genesis, because he's so damn bored. Um, <laughs> we gotta get him on and talk wrestling. Because they keep playing that clip from WrestleMania with him at the ballpark on the big screen, and he's on it every single time you see him walk into the ring. <laughs> and then production shuts down. Like, you don't see the game because all the camera guys are just watching and making fun of Dave up on the big screen. David! Uh, David! Um, anywho, there's a, a little hidden gem in this game, which really takes it from being a hard game and just basically impossible. And that would be Mojo's Crunch. Mm, uh, if you're a hardcore video game nerd and like the history of it, you know what I'm talking about. Um, if you've played this game and gotten so far as the second level, but could never get past it to the end boss for so many reasons, it's because you couldn't figure out the riddle. So you know who Mojo is, of course. Uh, mm-hmm. if, if you're not, he's an evil, uh, uh, spineless uh, TV magnate of other dimensions and he has a riddle for you and you have to reset the computer to get you know to wipe out the virus and move on (coughs) but no matter what you do you can spend an hour bouncing around the screen clicking buttons there's nothing in the game to reset the computer weird do you know where I'm going with this Mm mm-hmm Think outside the box. You got to reset the computer. Oh, you got to reset your Genesis? Yes. You have to do a soft reset. And they don't tell you this. You got to figure it out on your own. Which now in hindsight, I'm like, that's a brilliant idea. But what fucking kid's going to think of that? But one, yeah, no kid's going to think about that. And two, you have to do a soft reset. You have to very gently... Just tap the reset button. If you push it too hard Your game sucked. or just too long, right back to the beginning and you have to get there all over again. I say cheer I, I say cheers to that. I I think it's an awesome idea. But damn, the margin for error. I, I would say if, if if there was a way that they could do it and not reset your game just because you know, the hardware didn't know which way you wanted to go. That's one thing, but damn. It was, I don't know if it's mean or... I appreciate them thinking highly enough of kids that, you know, they could pull it off. They never thought of kids. No? No, they were thinking of each other. How to impress their coworkers. How? Oh, that's right. That's what it's all about. Just one-upping each other. Right. But yeah, definitely check this game out. Go buy yourself uh, a, a backup controller because you will crack that one in half. Um, but yeah, X-Men 93 for Sega Genesis and Mojo's Crunch. 
That's a good pick. Uh, I got an arcade game and kind of a video game up next um, that's also Marvel. The Avengers! The Avengers. So this was a beat 'em up arcade, and so <laughs> the reason I started playing this, uh, I saw it in the mall arcade one day, and no one was playing it. And um, the, what drew me to it is I saw it. I I would watch the movie. We had we had Request, which was a pay per view channel. Mm-hmm. And my dad would get all the channels free because he would have to monitor them because he was a cable engineer. And um, there was this channel of requests that would play the same movie all day long. So you could essentially watch the same movie like seven times in a day or five times in a day. I did that with Airheads once. And there's an arcade cabinet in the game called Captain America and the Avengers. And I kept saying it. I'm like, I wonder if that's any good. So you go into the arcade and they'd have like the six player version of X-Men, the arcade game. And there was like three deep on each controller to play it. You couldn't get anywhere near it but no one was touching captain american the avengers so i took my quarters and i went and played it same fucking game i think they even use the same sound effects it's released by data east in 1991 and they ported it obviously to genesis and super nintendo and game boy and game gear and fucking everything uh and you could choose from captain america iron man hawkeye or vision so it really is true to the current mcu avengers Hmm. And, uh, of course, there's the hand-to-hand fight and then um, the special attack and projectiles and uh, different... You know, each each character has a different set of skills that can be used. And I always pick Vision because he's got the fucking, like, uh, energy beam. And I thought he was always cool because uh, the Vision was, like, all white. It wasn't the colored one. It was the, the all silver one. Okay. So you're basically fighting against Red Skull and uh, like any classic Captain America, but there was uh, like so many other cool uh, enemies. They used the Sentinels in it from X-Men. The Juggernaut's in it. The Mandarin's in it. uh, Ultron is an enemy. And Crossbones is like the last enemy before you get to Redbone himself. Or I'm sorry, Red Skull himself. Uh and it's all side scrolling beat em up uh in like an arc wait so cross you don't just kill crossbones in the first like 5 minutes of the game well to be fair they dropped a building on him in the movie prior to that and he survived it so mm, fair enough i mean and that rarely happens in movies yeah uh, it's just one of my favorite characters crossbones he would be I like the Mandarin and everyone shit. I actually enjoyed what they did with him in the Iron Man three and everyone fucking hated it. Of course I'd like to see a better Mandarin, but I, I, I did enjoy the way they did it. I assume that uh, we won't get, we won't get into it. We're, we're so, um, yeah, this, uh, this, uh, game was pretty fun and it was a good beat em up. Um, but it was, it was nothing too, intense uh i i know a lot of reviews electronic gaming monthly said it fares well on this game gear version even without the two-player simultaneous play option 
So they liked it on the Game Gear version. <laughs> but uh, it wasn't anything groundbreaking. But if, if everyone was playing X-Men, you could... Uh, Go and 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 Turtles wasn't there, or The Simpsons wasn't there. You mm-hmm. can go drop a couple quarters into Captain America and the Avengers. There really is like a hierarchy, isn't there? Yeah. Like there's when you walk into an arcade, like there was like those three titles, maybe four that like that's. If you walk in, you like to. if you I, if you go and I was in Barcade Philly, I sent you those pictures of the Tapper Machine not too long ago. Mm-hmm. So X Men the Arcade is the one that everyone's around. Uh, then you get a big group around Turtles the Arcade, then maybe uh, Mortal Kombat, then maybe a Street Fighter. Uh, back in the day, I know the Mortal Kombat machines were always filled. Um, mm-hmm. At Dorney Park, the X-Men like six-player, two-screener was always filled. But yeah, the, obviously the hierarchy, and that's why Captain America and the Avengers existed. For, for those loser kids who didn't want to be close to someone enough to wait in line <laughs> and play it. I'll just go to uh, the game no one's playing, and I'll play that. Just I'll so just I- go. I want to go play Afterburner so I could sit down. <laughs> I just didn't want a human interaction. If I sat down in there and someone sat down next to me, I would have to get up and leave. Would you have to wipe it down? No, it wasn't like, that. Wipe- I wasn't like a. You weren't a germaphobe. No, I wasn't a germaphobe. I just didn't like human interaction. So you never you never played Jurassic Park the Jurassic Park game then where like two people would sit in the same no, I, car I I would I had an older brother and if you play or my sister would play with me then okay. it'd be fine but, but if a stranger just came in and sat down it's like hi friend want to play a video game together I'd have a panic attack and have to leave <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay moving on your next pick is uh, something I don't know it just says sinister it will be easier if you don't resist and less dangerous who are you what do you want with us my name is sinister mr sinister thank Ooh. you for introducing yourself <laughs> he was so fucking scary in the x-men cartoon i was terrified of him yeah and he my favorite villain of all time yeah he is pretty good like, but I, he hasn't been really done well I, I know they did a couple like essex uh um like Essex Corporation stuff. Uh, But they haven't done any like true Nathaniel Essex. No. Uh, I thought he was going to be in Logan, but... There was rumor about it, and then I guess that it got more and more grounded in reality, and he's just too over the top of a character. I'm I'm thinking maybe is he in Deadpool 2? Oh, could be. Could you know be. what I mean? It make it would make sense, or uh, you know, at least references to. You're, there's going to be references to him. There's probably going to be a reference to him not being in it. Yeah. Well, oh, maybe because I, well, I mean, is he going to be in uh, what the fuck is it? The new? Uh, no, I guess because Dark Phoenix is in it. Because he was teased at the end of Apocalypse. That's when you saw the Essex Corps. Yeah, that's when you saw them coming through and uh, picking up the samples and stuff. Right. Um, but you, yeah, you never saw, you know, Mister Sinister. I mean, the la- the only time you've ever seen him like, you know, out off the page is on X Men, um, the the animated series. Right, and and, th- and that's where X twenty three came from, Essex Corps. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's the thing. Like you were talking about, like, you know, Jeff Loeb is one of the, you know, one of your great creators in the Marvel universe. To me, Mr. Sinister is my great creator. 
Oh, Jesus I mean, Christ. What? Sorry, I, I, I swore to some people out there, but John Hamm was cast to portray him in The New Mutants, though the role yes. has reportedly been cut from the film due to an extensive reshoot schedule. Yes. The fuck? That yep. would be perfect. John Hamm is sinister? Yes. He I is know. Mr. Sinister and, and um, uh, Mad Men. <laughs> and, and in a horror movie. Without the longevity, right. Like it was, it was gonna be dark already. Now you bring in this character. Um, yeah, I'm kind of bummed about that. Wow. And I, I thought that was perfect casting. It is, uh-uh. yeah. Yeah, I mean, you can like the thing. It's so much that happens in like the the X Men universe is a result of him, whether it was retconned or it, it came after. Right. I mean, uh, he's a reason we have Cable. Yeah. You know, and the whole Madeline Pryor, Jean Grey thing. Um, and I mean, w- what's so cool is the way they even like teased him. Like he came in, he was like mentioned um, a couple issues early, like 10 issues before he w- even debuted. And then before he debuted, uh, he, he had like the massacre of the Morlocks. And then it turns out that he was behind like the entire thing. You know, like uh, in hindsight. And he's just, to me too, it's like the look of the character. I, I think he's one of the most interesting looking villains that you could put on a page. Um, and also like we go back to the, like, the Toy Biz line. I, of course, I had his action figure. Um, oh yeah, so did I. I had the light up he, thing in the middle. Yeah, yeah, yep. Yeah, it was just awesome. And so for me, I, I, I had to bring him up just because I asked that question, where the hell is he? Like, we've had so many of these movies. At the same time, though, I'm almost a little relieved. Like, it, it means, like, the pal- that we're, we got through so many, I don't want to shit on all of them, but certain X-Men movies that I'm not crazy about. Well, here's, you know? here's the thing, Squeezer. In the hands of Kevin Feige, he yes. has said Infinity War, which is what inspired this podcast, so let's talk about it. He said Infinity War and specifically Avengers 4, which comes out next year, wraps up the MCU. Mm -hmm. They now have essentially Fox properties under their belt. He takes over X-Men, he takes over Fantastic Four. What do you think happens first, X-Men or Fantastic Four? I think at the end of Infinity War, we see the Fantastic Four. Okay. I, I don't know for sure. I haven't read that anywhere. I could be wrong. I'm sorry if I spoiled something, but it's just by guessing it. But I assume, and I'm probably wrong, but Stan Lee's almost passing. He's really old. He looked really bad at the premiere. I got to believe that the reason that all this exists is because of the Fantastic Four and because Stan Lee's wife told him to just go write something he wanted to write and he created the Fantastic Four and because of all that, we have we have the MCU and everything in, in the mm-hmm. Marvel Universe. I have to feel like that they introduced the, the first family at the end of Infinity War. Okay. And then you can you can do a shorter run with if you want to do, you know, like a trilogy or something like that. Or even just one Fantastic Four movie. You don't you're not going to go 18 deep. No, 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 no. Like you, yeah. you show them there, and then they get their own movie, and then you know they they're in the next one. And I don't know. I could be fucking wrong. That's just I just I have a th- no. I, I have makes a, sense. I have a feeling that we see Fantastic Four. 
I mean, cause it's just because it being Kevin Feige that they're like, okay, do it. I think if anyone else pitches a Fantastic Four movie, it, it never happens just because it's past, you know, recent past. Yeah, we probably won't see it for a long time. And, you know, because who knows when this thing goes through. But I'm just, I don't know, my fingers are crossed that at the end of one of these movies upcoming, maybe the next Avengers, like next year, mm-hmm. we see the Fantastic Four at the end yeah. of it. But I would just, I would love to see the mutants get the treatment that... um the heroes got um earth's mightiest heroes earth's mightiest heroes got and uh for the last shit was it 10 years how when was iron man 2008 10 years okay yeah so and by the time they wrap up it'll be what 12 14 years or something like that by the time yeah yeah so so wow a four, 14 years of Think about that. Other than maybe what James Bond, but even then, like they're not all connected. You know, it's just it's a, a franchise. But to like tell one inter interlocking story woven across like all, how all, many movies and I know, over? I know I'm not the first person to say this. All Kevin Feige has to has to do to fix every problem Fox has done with X Men is to do House of M. Yeah. That's all he has to do. House mm-hmm. of M, you have Scarlet Witch, you have Quicksilver. House of M fixes everything. Mm-hmm. So. Just whatever it takes to get me some Nathaniel Essex. <laughs> uh, anyway, we've got, uh, I think my, is it my turn? Yeah. All right. Here's a good one. Here's a little fun one off the rails for you. He's like many of us, mired in the routine of upward mobility. But all that is about to change. With an unexpected trip to a place called Cleveland. A romance with a girl named Beverly. He's my boyfriend! And an adventure beyond the imagination of the average duck. The duck's a lunatic! George Lucas presents Howard the Duck, a Willard Hike film, a Gloria Katz production. Rated PG. Now at select theaters, check newspapers. So, Squeezer, <laughs> if I were to ask you, what was the first official Marvel film? What would your answer be? Well, I would say Howard the Duck because you just played the trailer for it. That's almost but, true. There was a serial for Captain America uh, um, 21 years prior to this. Oh yeah, but it really you really don't count it. This was the this was no. it. This was this movie scared the shit out of me when I was a kid. My dad fucking loved it. <laughs> uh, Jeffrey Jones, Tim Robbins, Leah Thompson, George, fucking Lucas. <sighs> so we got Howard the Duck from Duck World, and he. Uh, comes to earth and lands in Cleveland and he gets in a weird sexual scenes with Leah Thompson, who is kind of hot and chick from fucking back to the future. And, um, I don't know. Everything about this movie made me feel weird. Uh, it should, it should, 
I don't know. It was really strange, and the 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 duck animatronic suit kind of thing that they had was mm-hmm. also really strange. Um, and they had to use little people in in the in the costume. Can you say that? I think that's what it is, right? I don't know. I think a little little people. Yeah, I think that's a proper. I mean, no disrespect if I screwed that up. It's. Uh, ignorance, which is not an excuse, but <laughs> uh, no, it is. It is what ignorance. ignorance. It's perfect excuse. Um, it received multiple golden raspberries, uh, Razzies, but fuck the Razzies. Congo got Razzies. I didn't care. That means nothing. But the movie, um, <laughs> it wasn't a hit. <laughs> wasn't a hit. Yeah, it uh, would uh, forever be known as um, uh, one of. It it was okay, and let me let me tell you this. All right, I'm trying to verbalize what I'm thinking. Howard the Duck and its creators really loved those Star Wars prequel movies. (laughs) <laughs> because until then this was the biggest blemish on George Lucas's career. Uh, according to Ed Gale, he was hired to work on Spaceballs because Mel Brooks has said anybody who's in Howard the Duck could be in my movie. <laughs> Is that a compliment? Uh, I don't know. I, don't know. I, I mean, I, lo- I love Mel Brooks. He's fucking great. Yeah. Uh, Gail said he receives more fan mail for his Howard the Duck portrayal than for his Chucky performances because he was also Chucky in uh, Child's Play. Um, and I don't know. It's it's like they found the uncanny valley and started mining and getting as deep as they could. It's, it's yeah, it's very unsettling and uncomfortable. Yeah. Uh, of course, in uh, what what year was it? Where oh, hi Schmuffin, you here? Yep, hi Schmuffin. Yeah, she's coming in. It's been too long since she's come in and cried to me. Uh, so, of course, in the original Guardians of the Galaxy film, I believe it was fourteen, right? Two thousand fourteen, it came out. Uh, Howard the Duck has his post credit scene spoilers as part of the collector's collection. And uh, James Gunn, great using Howard the Duck there. I think he used him in uh, Guardians too. He was on the, uh, the prostitute robot scene. Uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm losing my train of thought here a lot with Howard the Duck. But yeah, the Howard the Duck movie, big piece of crap. Scared the shit out of me, but fucking infamous, man. And we'll live forever. And I hope after James Gunn finishes with... Um, Guardians, he gives Howard the Duck a stab, brings him into the MCU, gives him a proper proper film. Wouldn't that be fun? It would be. You think like he's the like the saving grace of it all? I don't know. If like they're they're all about that. Like he comes in and just like Thanos, like the Infinity Gauntlet's coming down, and then just boom, you see Howard the Duck like just catch it, 
and or, or riding uh, some sort of new no nah, I don't think that's the situation but I would love uh, to see a good Howard the Duck movie done by James Gunn what if they, what if they sent it to Netflix and they did an entire series I think Howard the Duck let's say if you if, if we have to do a, a Defenders 2 and you have to recast you know maybe one hero and you can replace them with Howard the Duck instead um, would you do it if I had a reason, I don't want to do that, but if I could get Iron Fist out of that series, yes, I would replace him with Howard the Duck. <laughs> All right, let's move on, everyone. Strap on your feedbacks. Go piss if you have to. Take a drink, because Squeezer's about to defend the Dolph Lundgren Punisher movie. If society won't punish the guilty, he will. You see this board here? Every time he kills somebody, I put a red pin in it. So far, the only thing that I've got to show for it is these little calling cards here and a whole bunch of these. Now, let me tell you something about this Punisher. If he ever shows up within 1,000 yards of me, he'll find out what the word punished Yikes. means. Yikes. They really well, didn't you know, know how to do trailers back then. Oh, I know. Isn't it glorious? And there's like a minute and a half of... <laughs> of just uh, non-sequitur dialogue. Yes, just all over the place. Which is kind of like... It, really, it's almost like the actual cut of the movie, um, to be honest with you. So, what did I even say in my in my notes when I, I told you I was going to do this? Like, let's rip the Band-Aid off or something? Yes, you did. You did. You said you're ripping the Band-Aid off. Yeah. So... It's been a long time since I saw this, and I probably haven't seen it since you know, I even like the since like the Tom Jane one and uh, uh, what's his name Ray Stevenson one. Um, it has its own. There's some merit to it. It's not as bad as I thought it was. Okay. Why is it hurt to say that? Um, what's good about it and what's bad about it? I think they really... I think Lungan really picked up on a few things with the Punisher that actually... He's, he embodies Frank Castle. Now, none of it's um, as good as... Uh, what's his name? Barenthal, John right? Barenthal. No, no. I mean, that that is pinnacle. That, that's Frank Castle. That's Frank Castle. Yeah. And, like, the way it... like the way it plays out and like the, the story itself and the development of the characters and who plays the man in the chair in the, the Dolph Lundgren movie. Is there a microchip? Um, it's, uh, I forgot who it was. It's, um, is it a big fat guy? But it's no, no, no. It's some like weird, um, the hell is the guy's name in the movie? Um, I forgot what the guy's name was. Also, can we... We never talked about this. You saw Home, Spider-Man Homecoming, right? Uh, no. Oh, shit. You never saw it? Dude, I got a two-year-old. I know. I thought you did. They pay homage to the bigger friend being the man in the chair. He, uh, Peter Parker has his friend, and he discovers he's Spider-Man, and he, he just wants to be his guy in the chair. 
Hmm. What is that, Marvin? And I assume they're playing. There's a weird noise in my house, and Marvin just wanted to investigate. Usually, she's just a scaredy cat. Um, but in this case, anyway, they were paying homage to Punisher. Oh, okay. I thought, in my opinion. But anyway, um, go on. All right, so they they did nail a couple things, especially towards the end. Um, spoilers. Um, after they save uh, the kid, uh, Punisher then gets into a fight with uh, Gianni Franco, played by Jerome Krabby, which is a uh, Dutch actor playing an Italian mobster. Um, it's acting squeezer. It, no, it wasn't, Ryan. No, it wasn't. Robert De Niro plays Jimmy Conway, the Irishman. Yeah, I know. But that's also Robert De Niro. Wait, are um, you telling me that this guy, this Dutch guy, wasn't the same caliber of actor as Robert De Niro? It looked like the dad from Wonder Years. Died of a heart attack. So, yeah. So sad. Why'd they do that to us? Um, yeah, so, yeah, they get into a scuffle then, and then he ends up Punisher kills him in self-defense, which is kind of weird. I, it, that that I, I didn't buy, like, Punisher-wise. But then the kid takes the gun because the kid's right there. He's like, you killed my dad. Um, and just the way he plays out and, like, he pulls the kid's gun to his head and he's just looking the kid in the eyes like, do it. Do it. And, like, that, scene, right, that right there is as Punisher as it gets. And I'm pretty sure... In the Netflix series, like there is that moment, like where they, you could almost like that's where they got that inspiration. Well, from the comics, but also from that one little scene. Does Dolph Lundgren do any roundhouse kicks? Um, yeah. Now, was this pulled from Warzone? This one, it, this. This is, I don't know what this was. First of all, they make him a cop. I don't know why they always have to fuck with the Punisher's origin. Right. He was in. He was a, a sc- marine, marine scout sniper. Scout sniper. Always um, a marine. Like, yeah, there's no, no, no cop is that efficient of a killer. No. You know? Um, and, well, unless, like, yeah, all right, stop. I won't, go, I won't go there. I won't go there. Um, but and here's the my other problem. So now he's living in the sewer. He's got his motorcycle. He meditates naked with candles. That's all fine. I can. I'll well, do when that. you had a bod like Dolph Lundgren's. Well, and here's the beauty of that. He actually slimmed down for this role. Uh, he wasn't nearly as jacked as he was for like uh, for Masters of the Universe. Uh, he he stopped lifting for this role because he figured Frank on the run and uh, living in the sewer wouldn't have like the most awesome bod ever. Um, but still Damn. just jacked enough. I think he, he looked pretty decent. Here's why it ends up being just God awful. There's no damn skull. No like, skull on the... So really other than like they mentioned the word Punisher twice in the whole movie. I, I think it's twice. And then outside the skull, like, and there's no skull. Like, this could have been any, it could have been Cobra 2. It could have been this, it could have been Cobretti instead of Castle. Um, and, and so that, that kind of just kills me. It, it, almost like it was just, they, they took the name and slapped it on. 
Well, uh, I don't. I don't think back then. The problem we had back then is I don't think they thought, and even in two thousand, I don't think they thought to to stay close to the comics. No. They're like, well, we look have at X Men. Cast a wide. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Well, we have to cast a wider net than the comic book yeah. uh, fans. And uh, really, Kevin Feige came in. Even though Kevin Feige was a small part of those X Men movies, I'm sure he wasn't the one who said, "Put them all in uh, leather." Well, there were arguments saying, like, there were letters written. They're like, hey, he should have a skull. And the director, Mark Goldblatt, uh, I guess he decided against it that no, no skull. We're just going to have him in, like, a leather jacket and a shirt. Um, which Goldblatt also actually, you know, he directed this and he directed... Uh, um, dead heat but he's more of an editor so uh let me see what he had he direct he he cut uh piranha back in the day uh, but also uh commando first blood part two jumping jack flash robocop predator two uh terminator two there's that one uh, last boy scout universal soldier <coughs> super mario brothers um and tombstone the rock i mean the the guy's big time editor um and i guess this was his chance to take the helm and it didn't go so well but um it's not it's not the disaster that i remember it to be it's kind of weird seeing like the way the punisher kind of teams up with you know the Italians to take out the Yakuza to save the kids. Right. Um, there's just, there's so many stories that you could have told and they, they kind of went this road. Um, it's very eighties campy. And you can tell that one, this movie was made on a $9 million budget. Um, they shot it in Australia to save money. Uh, and some of the, like just the set pieces and some of the action and just the way it was shot, it was kind of just like, all right, we're going to turn some lights on. And I also think the whole reason that they even chose the Yakuza is that they can make like the final like showdown in like a Japanese uh, like office with like those uh, sheer kind of opaqueish walls. Mm. So that they can just kind of light it from the outside and they don't really have to do anything. Because it really seemed like they just said, all right, guys, go on set. We're going to, uh, hey, you, can you get that camera and point it at them and do some action stuff? That's kind of what it felt like. Um, but it's not as bad as I remember it. Okay. That's me. That's my, my, in its defense. It's not as bad as I remember and it's got Lou Gossett Jr. Spider-Man, Spider-Man Does whatever a spider can Spins a web any size Catch your seat just like guys Look out, here comes the Spider-Man Okay, my last pick is about... I might have talked about this before. Oh, by the way, before I go any further, I found one of those 1994 X-Men Classic Heroes prepaid phone cards on the blister pack for $8. $4 shipping on eBay. Do you still use it? <laughs> I don't know, but I want it. 
So my last pick is for um, the Spider-Man novel. Um, uh, Spider-Man: The Venom Factor by D- Diane Duane. She wrote a trilogy of Spider-Man books. Uh, the middle one, The Lizard Sanction, uh, often being the most popular one of any Spider-Man book. I bought The Venom Factor. So uh, every Friday uh, night in our family was essentially mall night because uh, there was a wise grocery store connected to the mall. And my mom would go grocery shopping there every week, but first we'd go to the mall. And you'd first have to survive mom looking at clothes in the anchor store that you'd, you'd go through to get into the mall. But once you get through there, you get to the good stuff. You get uh, KB Toys, Electronic Boutique, Radio Shack. Uh, but before that, the first store out of all those stops for me was Walden Books because they had the spinner rack of comics. Your WWF magazine were that was there. You look through that first. If you don't get to look through, you obviously you go to the grocery stores in there. And, um, uh, you know, Mad Magazine or, or what, uh, what have you. But I live for that discount section. That's where you'd find like the oddball cool books for in my price range. I'd, I'd maybe three, five dollars if I was lucky. Uh, and I, I'd spend my time pouring over my weekly finds. And one week I spotted a, I spotted a Spider-Man novel. Uh, and I've been reading the Spider-Man comic books for years, but I never read a Spider-Man novel. I mean, this is like, I mean, put a, put one of those graduation hats and glasses on me and an owl on my shoulder. <laughs> I'm going to be smart and read a book. Uh, so it was 99 cents, I think. Uh, so I, I was like, why not? I had a, like a, a trading card inside that was like based on the, on the book. Uh, and I didn't read it immediately. It kind of like collected dust in my house for a, a bit, a couple of months. But when I picked it up, I got through it in like two, three nights. I just was like sucked in immediately. I loved it. And it was, uh, uh, the story involved Venom and Hobgoblin. Um, but what I liked about it so much was the author like diving into the minutia of Peter Parker's life. Like going to the store and having like, okay, I have this much money. I need film. I need like development supplies. Like it would pour over my news mm-hmm. like that. And I love that. Yeah. Well, that was Diane Duane you said, right? Yeah. Yeah. Because like she would, she did a bunch, what was it? Young Wizards? Yeah. Like she, kids, she wrote a bunch of, uh, and to our friend Dan uh, Freemuth. She wrote tons, of, I, I believe, Star Trek books, right? A lot of Star Trek. A lot, a lot of, I actually, um, she did, I know she did Dark Mirror. So, uh, which was a Star Trek Next Generation book I remember reading. This was uh, like 90... I, I, I read Star Trek books. 95, and I asked my dad to help me find more Diane Duane books because there was others. I wanted to get the others. So we went into like, I think Barnes & Noble or Borders, and we looked it up, and it was like all Star Trek. And I was like, uh, I don't think you like Star Trek. And I'm like, no, no, we looking for, <laughs> we're looking for Star Wars. I mean, I mean, not Star Wars. We're looking for, for Spider-Man. And um, eventually we came across... The other two, and I got them and read them. They're really good. But. Wow. Diane Duane wrote Sequest, the novel. Fuck. That's legit, man. You can buy the hardcover on Amazon for $1.60. You can get the Venom Factor on Amazon for like 30 cents. I'm not joking. You get it for a penny. Uh, but the, the, the blurb here from the book is, Homeless people are being killed and radioactive products are being stolen. It is reported in the news that the culprit looks like Venom, who shows up and wants to find out who's impersonating him. 
Uh, there are numerous battles between Hobglob- Hobgoblin, Venom, and Spider-Man. Hobgoblin threatens to blow Manhattan with a nuclear bomb unless he's paid a large amount of money. The Venom lookalike turns out to be eating radioactive material and has tremendous strength. He even turns a train. Mary Jane has to turn down an acting part due to Hobgoblin's threats because she does not want to leave New York. And at the end, the Venom-like creature is blown into small bipedal creatures which Spider-Man captures. That's what it says on... And I kind of remember that. I haven't read this in years. And I could probably reread it in like three days, but who's got the time? Show off. <laughs> uh, but The Lizard Sanction, if you want to read any of these books, The Lizard Sanction's fucking awesome. Uh, he, she also did The Octopus Agenda. Uh, uh, there's also a lot of other Spider-Man books. Um, I... The Sinister Six trilogy is another one by Adam Troy Castro is another couple one. I have those books too. So if you're looking for some novels to read, um, Spider-Man wise, those are those are the ones to go with. There's no pictures. <laughs> it's true. There are no pictures. I got to use my imagination. Um. Yeah. You got to use your imagination. Shit. I haven't used that since 1992. Ah. Old 10-year-old squeezer. Man, it's getting late. I'm off. I feel off my game. We got through Uh it. We got through it, though. And it was a good one. This turned out good, Retro Marvel. Yeah, I was kicking around. I had, it was hard putting a list together just because I, I wanted to kind of spread the love because, like I said, I was such a into the, the mutants, but I didn't want to, like, all right, well, I'll talk about X-Factor here, then I'll talk about X-Force here, and this particular storyline here. Uh, yeah, so I, I, I did my best. I was going to try to talk Punisher video game, the one that was for Xbox, which was, I think, one of the greatest games of all time. People may disagree, but... When you get to, you know, use a drill press on a guy in a video game, it's pretty damn awesome. Next video game show. I'll make a note. Um, right on. We, we're going to have one soon. Uh, we got a few uh, cool ideas coming up in the future. Uh, next episode's our 75th. This is our 74th. So damn. stay with us. We're, we got a lot more uh, to come. But uh, this was a fun one. And... Uh, We'll let you know what we thought of Infinity War next week. But until then, I'm RK. I'm Squeezer. Have a good one.